Hello, welcome back to Slice of Life. It is me, your host, Zach Vaughn. Joining me today is Lamar Bird Jr. And then maybe we can like uh, get some bird noises put come in on, afterwards. Yeah, man. <laughs> Lamar is a bodybuilder. He is a expert on cannabis and cannabis's use in fitness and other industries. He's cultivated. He's worked as a bud tender at one point. He had a pretty impressive collection of phenotypes. It's pretty serious, man. And then uh, I met Lamar through a bodybuilding forum, Geared Up, Oh yeah. when you were doing Kush Pump uh, after my deployment. And he hooked me up with some CBD products, and we've been internet friends ever since. It's our first time hanging out now. It's been a long time coming, man. What's up? Best friends, long time coming, man. It feels good. Thanks for thanks for uh, making the drive. Bonded over our love of fitness and cannabis and underachievers. Oh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> definitely the underachievers. I'll drink to that. <laughs> so, what's been going on in your life, dude? Well, I've been I've been all around the world, man. I've been. Uh, I think when you first met me, I was in Florida. I've spent four years in Colorado, and now these past going on four years here, I've been in Michigan working in the uh, cannabis industry as well as uh, building my personal training uh, business back up and uh, getting ready to get on stage for bodybuilding. Hell yeah. Heavyweight this year, you were saying? Yes, sir. Going to be a heavyweight. Looking good. That was a whole different life for me. The people that are listening to this episode are like, what is this dude that tells jokes about his dick talking about? That's all I am to them. That's all they, that's all they've ever known me as. Yeah. But at one point, uh, I was, I was super interested in, it. uh, I still, I still kind of follow it as much as I can like stomach, you know, the good parts of right. it. Yeah. Yeah. As much as you can stomach is a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's super cool. So tell me, and you were, you were a, you played baseball in college, right? Yep, yep. I was grew up in Orlando, so we played baseball year round all the time there. So I, I played baseball uh, all my life, and I played like two years post college. So were you always an athletic kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Al- always athletic. When did uh, cannabis come into your life? Oh man, that that happened way after the fact. That happened when I was actually done playing baseball, and I was like twenty two, twenty three. And, uh, I went, I went through like a crappy breakup and I was done with college and done with like school at that point. And so I was just like, man, like, let me, let me try smoking some weed now. You know what I mean? It was just kind of, I had a roommate. He was like, oh, he's like, I'm going to turn you into a little stoner. And like, (laughs) (laughs) it's weird how that's like, you'll have friends that are so you have friends that are way too excited about weed right and that becomes like yeah their personal mission like that's all they have to offer you in the world is their knowledge (laughs) of doing nothing and they're just like i've been waiting for this moment all my life dude like well well dude the fucked up part now is like none of those people they got me to smoking weed or smoking weed now (laughs) i'm I'm the one still still with the habit (laughs) yeah so I, i was gonna ask it's you said it was after the fact I was wondering if you were doing it like when you were involved in sports and like if that had any influence, but uh, that question's rendered null. You should have lied to me. (laughs) Yeah, it caused a whole bunch of conflict between me and my team. You know, it was sparking up doobies in the dugout. Like, I don't care. Dude, you're bombing this. You're sabotaging this interview, dude. What are you doing right now, Lamar? So, but at some point, you decided to kind of marry the concept of 
athleticism, your love for fitness and cannabis. What got you there? I don't think too many people are rolling up and they're like, I think I'm going to become a super athlete. Now. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> a higher level of athlete, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, man, it was uh the first breakup fucking started the fire and then like a couple years after the fact at some point it just uh you know it, it got to the point where i was in florida now like i, I smoke papers and kind of like i avoid tobacco but i was doing a lot of tobacco smoking with my weed and so i felt a lot of the kind of negative effects from the tobacco as far as like I'm, like coughing up phlegm and kind of like i'm noticing that like when i would smoke certain certain blunts whether it's like the grape flavor or the all those different fucking things tobacco has. I wasn't feeling so good after that. So I, I wasn't going to the gym after the fact I was kind of saving the gym as this, uh, as this like stimulus. And I would either make sure I smoked like two hours before, or, you know, I'm in the car and like, I can't wait, you know what I mean? After the gym. And I'm like ready to spark up there, like, like hit the bowl in the car. And then finally it just got to a point where I kind of switched to like to, to bongs and then like the cones. And I started realizing how, how good I would feel. And, uh, we had this one in, in Florida. It was, uh, mango kush. And so it fucking smelled like mangoes. And we were kind of talking about citrus earlier in the car and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, man, like, I feel kind of good. I think I'm going to do this, like, as I'm going to the gym. You know what I mean? And so it, one thing, one thing led to another. And I just, I was like, yo, man, I, when I get fucking lit, I'm having amazing workouts. Like, I'm feeling the mind muscle connection. I can focus. I can kind of, forget about all the bullshit going on. Um, and that was one thing. It was kind of this like mental clarity and gym performance kind of thing where it was like, I was just, just fucking super honed in. And I was like, the more and more people talked about it, the more I realized how much popular it was with the fitness community on, on the lowdown. And yeah. even still now, now the NBA and the NFL and all that stuff are just now like letting their athletes do that. Using but, it for inflammation and using right. Yeah. Yep. So, um, all the, like the different creams and stuff. So it would just got to a point where I was like, man, this is definitely a, a good synergist and what I got going on. And then I kind of just was taking trips to Colorado and then I kind of got even more into the weed and with the smells because like what I was getting at mango Kush and what I saw like at the dispensaries in Colorado in 2015, cause they started in 2012 and I went out there a few years after 2014, I was like, I was like blown away. I was like, yo, this actually smells like apples. This actually smells like this. This, this has a certain taste. And I noticed that I was just a dispensary weed whore junkie. And so I was, <laughs> I was just trying everything. And I was almost like making a mental note, like this train makes me feel good before the gym. This one doesn't, this one gives me munchies. And I, and I pretty much had this like formula figured out where smoking through the day, I could have these strains leading up to the gym. Then after the gym, when I wanted to, eat more and do that kind of stuff and really help me like relax and recover. I had like these strains. So I, I had a whole, I had a whole playbook f for myself that I kind of just like self-taught self-developed. So you decided to use weed to essentially biohack. You're like, I can use this. Yep. I can use the terpenes in it or the way that this is sativa dominant yep. to, to get the most out of what I'm trying to do fitness wise. And then I can find a way to come down doing this. Yep. You just had the whole, it all planned out. J just the whole thing, man. And like, I w I'm just a functional smoker. So whether it's, you know, you might see me and talk to me in a gym and like, you might not know that I'm just like, I just smoked a fat ass joint in the parking lot and I'm, I'm going through the motions or just whether it's like work and like getting stuff done, personal training, I'm still able to write like, 
you know, client program. Some people smoke and they're done for the day, no matter what time of the day it is. But for me, I've just been just that body type where I, I don't necessarily just want to sit on the couch all day after I smoke. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like at least, at least with my experience with cannabis, like the type of high that I'm going to get is largely based upon it's momentum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I get super stoned, I'm like sitting on the couch, like I'm going to feel like super stone. Right. But if I have momentum behind it, if I'm like, I'm going to do this, but I have things I need to accomplish. Right. It seems like it, it directs the high into like, into a way where it is useful versus just being worthless. Right. That's uh that's funny. You say that. Cause we have this thing where it says, uh, the, the THC knows where it wants to go. And like, sometimes that's just saying like, whether it's, it, it gets a bad rep as like dirty medicine in the, in the uh, professional medicine world, because it has so many specific things that it can help with, but it's just one thing. Typically, you know, if you're taking something for, you know, a Xanax, you get X effect. If you take whatever certain things, uh, Adderall, you get, you get uh, a certain effect with cannabis, some people smoke it and feel focused. Some people smoke it and feel pain relief. Some people smoke it and feel um, less depression. They lose their anxiety. And so sometimes the professional medical world has a hard way of, of classing it because it does so many different things. And it's the mo- actually one of the most diverse herbal plants that there is. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, th- I think that there's things like that that we, we know over time, like you just say, the momentum behind it. And it's like, hey, man, sometimes just that mental intention paired with some THC and sometimes that's all you need, you know? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, as a comic, it, it helps my writing process. It, yeah. It's, uh, it's important for me. I'm a ball of anxiety, man. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm super socially awkward. I do bad in like really social settings. Like we just kind of smooths those edges for me, but I, I do, I have to be incredibly intentional with like how I'm using it and when I'm using it. I have friends that are, incredibly functional aren't it i have friends that are working high level white collar jobs right that spend their entire days stoned right. and you would have no concept or idea of it um oh yeah we're out there and uh, <laughs> and that's just yeah it's just not me i have to like as much as i want it to be dude you know <laughs> dude that, that was my first thing with it bro is so i tried weed three times for I tried weed three times before I liked it. Tried it my first time in high school. We skipped school. This is when like, uh, what was it? This is like when HDTV first came out. Cause this is like 2006. So like, remember whenever we would first get, uh, animal planet and that shit was so clear. And then you got that like fucking narrator voice and shit. And so one day it was the fucking stupidest thing, but we skipped school. We got high and we watched animal planet all fucking day on this dude's like, fucking tv he's like he's like yo we're gonna i got this sweet you know back then i think like a 60 inch was a big deal or a 50 inch tv and it's like he's like yo we're gonna skip school and we're gonna do this and so i remember skipping school smoking weed you know i we kind of caught the munchies i was definitely high but you know your first time inhaling you don't know what the fuck you're doing but i just didn't like that feeling because they were like hey man we're doing it again next week and i'm gonna yeah i'm not that didn't I'd rather fucking skip school and go to IHOP. You know what I'm saying? That's what me and my friends did. We fucking went to IHOP and fucking crushed food and shit in high school. Um, and so then second time it was with my roommate and he's like, man, just do it before cardio. He's like, just try it. Dude. I took like two rips from a bong fucking hated it. 
I was walking on a treadmill and it felt like an hour went by and it was like 11 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you get like this. You do. You, I don't get like a time dilation effect from it anymore, but I definitely remember that was the first thing I ever felt from it. The first time I smoked, um, I didn't smoke it all through high school. Uh, one of my friends was in college. I went down to visit him and we smoked. It was my first time smoking and I didn't feel stoned, but I remember we were watching YouTube videos and stuff and I kept on like getting really tripped up over the fact that I felt like I was watching this video for like 10 minutes <laughs> right. and it's like, oh, it's been 30 seconds. Right. And I don't get that from weed anymore. I get our mushrooms really bad. Yeah, if I do yeah, mushrooms, yeah. I'll be like, oh, this has been eight hours. And it's like, no, it's been three minutes. I'm right. Like, oh, right. Damn. But um, yeah, that was all that I got from it. Um, I didn't get into weed culture and it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm a pothead now, but I didn't really get into it for a while. I rolled sushi for a bit and sometimes I would go and like smoke oh, yeah. with like, smoke with like my, the restaurant staff, right, or, like the right. people there in the kitchen. I remember this one time, uh, I got off work and went over to my friend's house after work and we, we were all smoking and uh, I was texting this girl. I had to have been like 19. And uh, she's like, my parents aren't home, you know, come over. Yeah. And I had smoked. I didn't need a lot, you know, right, just, right. just a little bit. Right. But I, you know, it was social. Things were like getting passed around. So right. like, I, I got too high. <laughs> I remember I remember going over to her place. Her parents weren't home. She had the weekend wicked games blasting on oh, the man. stereo. It was go it was going down. And we like sit on the couch. She's got good taste. What's her name? <laughs> <laughs> and we sit on the couch and then I just kind of I don't I don't black out. It wasn't like I was drunk or anything, but I just right. I lose track of everything. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I remember, I'm talking about the plot of the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> and I like catch myself. I'm like, Oh fuck. I'm like, was I just talking about the matrix? And she is visibly upset. And she's like, yeah, for like the last 30 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> she made me go home. <laughs> oh, 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 oh man. I think we've all been sent home, but I don't think so anyway, moral of the story. It's not a harmless drug. Don't listen. to. <laughs> That drug cock blocked the shit out of me. This is actually gotcha journalism that we're doing right now. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah, dude. That's yeah, my first few times getting lifted, I don't think I could have been around a girl for sure. And the first few times I did it when I was in college and drinking and, and I just had that that drinking weed effect and I was like, Oh man, this is this is rough. I, I never again. So I'm sorry that happened to you, but lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> so are you still if at this point, have you been able to surround yourself with like other, uh, I, I guess the best way to describe it would be ultra ambitious potheads <laughs> like, or, or, or are you still like an outlier in your community where they're still like, what, are, what are you doing, man? Oh man, this is such a good question because working at a dispensary, I see the, the whole spectrum of fucking potheads, but I am definitely still the outlier Yeah, by, by far. I mean... Uh, it's, you know, the one thing that bothers me about the cannabis industry is, you know, we get on these like high horses of like this plant organic being healthy, 
putting this in your body versus pharmaceutical meds, but none of these motherfuckers work out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, if you're going to take such pride in smoking weed, like don't show up to work with a Burger King bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and talk about how, how, how clean your fucking weed is like, dude, you're not making any fucking sense right now. So there's definitely people that, you know, I, I rep my Kush Pump shirts and stuff and uh, um, all that. And people see it and like, they, they compliment and stuff like that. But, you know, very it, it's more so from the, the cannabis perspective. It's just I'm still the outlier. But what happens is when I go into like the bodybuilding world and I post a picture of me smoking weed, then I get all the bodybuilders that are like, yo, bro, I do this. I bodybuild. I have a family. I have a company and I fucking smoke weed all day. That's like where I get a lot of it because, you know, as body bodybuilders, fitness people that are just, you know, tend to be entrepreneurs and run their own business. And so that's where I see a lot of ultra high or, uh, you know, ultra motivational type, stay busy type productive stoners. But it's it's still world separated. It, it is. Yeah, it's, it seems like from the outside looking in, like every other week a retired athlete hops on the cannabis train, you know? Right, right. Um because there is like, there is the pain management and the anti-inflammatory effects. And it seems like that's what I'm pretty sure, uh, weed has saved, um, so many women from being domestically abused by Mike Tyson at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's for sure. I mean, it's, uh, a lot of people are, are better off once they just dis- discover it and kind of realize that all this stuff is kind of made up about it. You know what I mean? I haven't met anyone that's ruined their life off of weed. Like, not one story, but we all know a few people that they have that one night where they had one too many drinks. Or, you know, some people have one too many other substances and kind of have that regretful night, you know what I mean, in quotations. But with cannabis, it's like... You know, the most dangerous thing is fucking getting caught with it in the wrong state. That, that's yeah. about it. <laughs> I mean, there's still plenty of times where I'm high to the point where I'm like, I wish I wasn't high anymore. <laughs> but when that happens, I don't like strip off all of my clothes and like steal a cop's gun. I just go to sleep. You right, know? right. You don't like call your ex crying like, oh, I miss you. Help me. I'm too high. <laughs> like, I've never got too high and done some dumb shit like that. So, um, yeah, it's really the negative side effects are 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 very minimal compared to the the upside of what you get from it. What about literally just smoking? What about literally just smoke inhalation? So that is a legitimate question. That's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. I have something for you. I don't yeah. know. I am curious. No, 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 for sure. So you know, let's be transparent about it. You're inhaling something that's hot and it's going in your lungs. So you've got your, like your lung capillaries and kind of things like that, that are going to be a little bit more sensitive to high heat. Um, so that can be per se a drawback, but I've also noticed that different qualities of weed burn at different temperatures. So something that's kind of, um, yeah. And, and, Correct me if I'm wrong, different terpenes activate at different temperatures as well, right? That's why yep. vaporizers and stuff and dryer vaporizers have different settings for... Yeah, yep, exactly uh, with that because you're definitely kind of... There's something about how high you get and, and that kind of like coughing's not good, but that, that cough you get after ha- hitting a really hot vape, something about that kind of you get a little bit more high than sometimes the one that's on the cool temp, but it's definitely all about the heat and that combustion. So you do want to achieve that threshold but obviously going too much that's like 
the bad part. And, you know, um, so really it's just the, that part. And I've seen a few different things about saying, Oh, it, it does this to your brain or, or that. And I haven't per se read those studies, but for me, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, how, how can this help people cure cancer, but then degrade your brain? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, we've got people that are taking RSO oil every day and they're a hundred and something days free of seizures, but it's decaying their brain. Like what, huh? How does, how is it stopping seizures? But we're, you know what I mean? So I feel like when some of these studies are done, a lot of them are still using tobacco and, and, you know, we can go to a dispensary, but you'll see that all quality is not the same. So when the government who fucking sucks at everything, they can't even pave a fucking road grows weed and does a study on it and says, Oh, it's bad for your brain. Like, you know, the, they're not the people to be growing the right weed for medicinal purposes to actually do that. It's kind of so I still want to look more into that. But to me, it seems it's a little bit, a little bit conflicted. You know what I mean? And is that like including, I know, I know probably the hot topic as far as weed goes when it's talking about brain degradations, like schizophrenia, like right. if you have a disposition for schizophrenia, is it possible that smoking cannabis is going to, um, escalate like the time that that's not probably going to have occurred anyway is that going to be like the triggering thing right uh and again i don't i don't know enough about it i haven't researched that at all um but yeah no as far as uh the one thing about weed is it kind of makes you have this self-reflective perspective on it um on yourself and so my thing is if you've been through trauma if you're schizophrenic if you're manic depressive and you smoke weed and you start reliving those moments mentally in your head, that's probably going to cause you an anxiety attack. That's, you know what I mean? So it's definitely kind of, uh, I know people that, um, sometimes have to be careful on how high they get because of what they're remembering when, when they start consuming. And, you know, I'm not saying weed is for every single person, but those are, those are few and far between. And also that's just from smoking. You know, we can do other things that don't get you high that still get you the benefits of the plant. So I think that's one thing to consider too. Not everything is about like, like, yeah, man, like Cheech and Chong. Like, no, there's, we can have this plant where you can consume it and not get high. We can do it so you can ingest it, put it in your food, on your skin and, and not, you know, walk around blasted all day. So there's, there's, there's different levels to it. So just picking at, just smoking you know what i mean it's kind of that's like maybe the one bad thing but the benefits far out you know outseed these very few things that are considered outliers aren't good yeah i mean i'm naturally my base setting was introspective you know what i mean i for whatever reason i spend so much time in my own head i'm analyzing my decisions i'm thinking about things that i need to accomplish if i'm having a really great time in life um and I smoke weed like, and I go into my own head, like it's a highlight reel of wins. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm having a shitty time in my life and I get stoned, I'm thinking about like the things that I need to change. And right, exactly. I don't think some people want that mirror pointed towards them. Some people are right. fine just not being introspective. They don't need to. They don't want to analyze right. those things, even if they should be. Right. Yeah, man, that's definitely. You know, and as we get older, there's more and more things on our mind, especially our generation. We're facing so much shit with 
finding even a legitimate job to to healthcare to you know all this different stuff so like i get it man if you get a lot of shit going on and you you fucking smoke and you're just in your head then like that's just kind of you know maybe not for you but you can still get other anti-inflammatory things from cbd cbg there's a ton of other uh cannabinoids that help with reducing that inflammation and that's kind of you know, that's actually like one perspective I like to look at from healing the body, whether it's because like from my personal training, you know, we're looking at this like muscular build, building up that stimulus and being physical about it. But, uh, you know, somehow uh, the reason why I do like cannabis is because the benefits for the human body and it's like it's just a lifestyle, man, between smoking weed and working out. There's so much overlap in the nutrition of feeding a plant versus feeding yourself. It, it It's it's all good stuff. It's like a lot of crossover. Yeah, I mean, there are worse things than finding alternatives to synthetic pharmaceuticals. You know, uh, <laughs> right. it, it's crazy that it, it's it's crazy that that's became so indoctrinated in our culture, and that we can only fix issues with things that are synthetic, with things that are that are pharmaceutical. Right. That we don't even want to hear the argument that there's the potential right. that anything healthier, anything natural or holistic could potentially help us. Right. We don't want to believe it. It's been, we've been told by people that are in charge of pharmaceuticals that it's all snake oil for so long right. that we're just like, well, I guess that must be the case. Right. We don't act like we don't ask where that information's coming from. Right. We don't ask who's telling us that we just accept it as the truth right. that must exist. And now we're reaching the point where we have supercomputers in our hands all day long. We have the most information available to us of any other time before us. Oh, we can absolutely. learn we can learn anything from scratch. Colleges should probably be obsolete, you know, just with a little bit of ambition. Right. Um, and so it's just a matter of like, do you want to take the time to develop free thought? Do you want to take the time to develop your opinions on these things on your own? And I think a lot of people are so pacified and so subdued and sedated by society right. and the rat race and the day-to-day life. They're like, I don't have time to think deeply about any of these things. Oh, I yeah. don't. Oh yeah. And, and the thing is we're talking about weed right now and the, and, and pharmaceuticals and, and the BS associated with that, but that's literally the epitome of the fitness industry too. You know, we're, we're fighting this on both sides where there's so many misinformation about how many grams of protein you need a day. You know, you go ask someone walking down the street and they go, Oh, you only need 40 grams. You know what I mean? Or all this different stuff. Oh, you should eat this way, eat that way. You know, starving yourself you know there's so many all these you know weight loss things that are just like gimmicks and it's like that's really uh you know it's very similarities in those industries how we're we're battling that from both fronts about our health about our body you know yeah and then people approach all those things in a very black and white sort of way where they're like oh this is the thing that worked for me and then they go and preach that gospel only right now right whereas that's it's 100% not the case, but it's, it's the only way that people well not the only way, but it's the majority of the way people approach these conversations. This is the diet that worked for me. So this is the diet. This is the style of training right. that worked for me. It is, this is the drug that worked for me. And right. It's crazy. No, like it, no other place in society is anything addressed in such totalities, you know? Right. Right. No, man, for sure. I, uh, and I think if we just started understanding the root causes and got into the 
preventative care of things, then I think we'd all be more on the same page of understanding like what we're correcting versus looking at just the end result of like some of these things. Yeah. Preventive maintenance would be everything, but you know, preventive maintenance is boring, dude. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, like, I think, I think of like all really the, is. I think of all like the issues that I have with my body. I'm pretty sure I have bursitis starting in like my right elbow. I know that I have an anterior pelvic tilt, which caused me like back pain, things like that. And I'm like, well, I could address a lot of these issues by mobility training right. or by, I'm like, God, that's boring. I hate it so much, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, I guess. Eventually, I'll just be in a wheelchair. <laughs> like, <I just laughs> it'll be like a, at least it'll be a Tesla one, though. They'll have Tesla wheelchairs by then, bro. It'll be sick, dude. It'll be just solar I'll just get, charged. I'll just get some of those, like, I'll get a Tesla exoskeleton. I'll just get some Tesla legs. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, elon if you're hearing this that's the next idea (laughs) your tesla exoskeleton forced you to commit a bank robbery you're like i'm sorry dude it was it was on self-navigation mode i didn't (laughs) like the minority report just like that shit man what do you think about uh I feel like this is an episode of Joe Rogan at this point. We're talking about weed and fitness, and now I'm about to talk about AI. <laughs> Listen, man, just because I'm bald and tattooed doesn't mean I'm bald, I'm tattooed, I do stand-up, and I host a podcast now. Like People are like, I fucking know what this guy's into. I'm not him. I'm not. But what do you think about AI, man? <laughs> it scares me, dude. I think about chat GPT and shit. It genuinely scares me. Oh, man. So, I mean... Right now, it's fine. Five years from now, three years from now, I'm I'm not so sure in in regards to like. I feel like we're like one AI thing from like it like hacking the government and like posting like some crazy files and people just going like berserk and like. There definitely could be some some complications with it and and the workforce stuff. That's definitely, I mean. If anything, AI is going to force us to have UBI, universal based income. Yeah. I mean, if anything, that's going to for sure happen in five years. I feel like that's, yeah, it's around the corner. So, you know, it's, I don't, I can't ever trust a fucking computer. Be like, yeah, you could be my Alexa and follow me around all day and help me with shit. And it's kind of like, it's, it's a gift and a curse, man. Well, it's like, I feel like evolution is telescopic, right? Um, you look at like the space between the Bronze Age and the Industrial Revolution, huge gap of time. You look at the gap between the Industrial Revolution and the invention of the home computer. You know, like everything right. tell us like it, it all compiles c- compiles onto itself. So now we're at a point where we're seeing these crazy technological innovations occur at like months apart from one another. Right. Right. And so people talk about like chat GPT, right? right? That's like people are already starting to use it in their work. They're like, Hey, this is helping me write emails. It's helping me right. with my resumes. It's I use it every day. And the argument that these people have when you talk to them about chat GPT, and if they think it's something to be concerned about from stand up, right? right? That's like, that's my concern. Right. I found something that I'm good at and I love. And I'm like, a computer is going to be able to write better jokes than me <laughs> in, in no time. And you'll talk to other comics and they'll be like, well, I don't think that's the case because uh, 
I tried using chat GPT to write a joke and it won't even joke about fucked up topics. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's been around for half a year. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like, it's been around half a year and it's been doing your job the last three months. You don't think that maybe in a year it could find right. a way to joke about the things you want to joke about. You think that it's just like, well, this is as good as it's going to get. Like, <laughs> right. No, for sure. For sure, man. That's, and like, and then you think about the jobs that it can be incorporated into, like it's all the jobs we want to work. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's not like technology is going to get to a point where the government's going to be like, we did it guys. You don't have to work anymore. Like, right. we, <laughs> we solved it, man. Like, right. Right. Kick back and relaxed out. It's like, yeah, we did it. And it's done all these super cool jobs. But unfortunately, we still need dock workers and janitors. Right, they can't right. do that. So that's what you guys have to do now. Right. Like, no, for sure. It's definitely going to be a change with that. And like, I've used it for like creating content ideas and chat GPT. It's still like in, in its basic phases, but I know like I've used it and I'm like, Oh, like give this thing like a year and it's going to be like, you know, uh, you're going to hire chat GPT to fucking online train you. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, there's still some stuff like as far as like some direction it goes with some of the topics and a couple of errors and like uh, sometimes like crafting workouts. It's like very, very basic. So I still think there's still that lack of human concept for it. So like, but, you know, this kind of um, this reminds me of, OK, so b back in the day, like in the Bible and shit, you know, um, the argument is that some of these people had stronger minds to remember stuff and, and, and build stuff because bro, they did all this, all that stuff. And they built all, all those things, this ancient civilization. And like, people can even read like in those biblical days, but they like built a road that's still fucking here. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like our, our attention, our attention span to nature, building, learning skill sets. Hey, if I go to the grocery store for, you know, apples and a loaf of bread, you know, we're talking back then. And it's like, you know, you knew in your head you had to get your change right because you couldn't even, you didn't have paper to write shit down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Could like, you imagine having ADHD <laughs> back then when all you had to stare at was a pile of rocks? And you're just like, I fucking have arranged this pile of rocks in many different ways I can, dude. Fuck. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. So, so that, that's kind of like my thing on it is, that, is I feel like our brain can be so powerful. And I feel like sometimes this chat GBT is taken away from that. But if we could, you know, kind of take that next step and actually put our emphasis into learning other skill sets, that'd be in a perfect world. But let's be real. People are just going to lose their jobs and they're not going to learn shit. And then it's just, it's, you know, it's how long before Terminator gets here? Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't understand. Like no matter how many times I try wrapping my mind around the necessity for it, I can't understand the incentive to create something that's making the like this is going to make the human brain obsolete right you know like if you know that you aren't going to be able to compete with it you know you aren't going to be able to compete with a right. supercomputer once it develops empathy and free thought and all right. these things like why would you do it why would you <laughs> work so hard to make yourself obsolete right there's some scientist right now it's like patting himself on the back he's like i did it i'm useless like i, I have made myself useless fuck yeah no. <laughs> For sure, man. So, you know, that's that's kind of the, you know, we definitely need that social aspect in society, whether it's, you know, we all have our little communities and tribes and things. And so I think that's more so adding to that kind of divide in society where it's like, you know, 
these past couple of years was, was evident about us going remote. Now, if we go remote, like what happens if that thing can just do our job? <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't we don't have these cool jobs that work remote anymore. Now we just got things that do it for them, and they just have this outer computer that does the remote work we used to do. <clears throat> this is the part of the podcast where I tell you guys that this entire conversation's been Chat GPT. <laughs> Or has it? I don't know. Who knows what's going on? Yeah. Have fun thinking about it now. I'm, I'm, I'm a bot, so yeah. <laughs> this yeah, this is a ghost podcast. Slice of life's been chat GPT since day one, you fucking losers. You guys haven't caught on. <laughs> I'm not real. You're not real. We're all just stardust. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, you know, I guess we can just, after that, go to some bodybuilding shows since everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not the only thing left to do. How's training been going? Training's been going good, man. Hell yeah. What's your what's your split look like right now? I am doing a two on, one off uh training split where uh I do like I'm basically squeezing in legs as much as I can. Yeah. I'm trying to trying to bring my legs up. Um but so I'll go like chest, legs, take a day off, then I'll do like shoulders, back, take a day off, and then I'll I'll start with legs again. That's you keeping it like heavy and compound movements right now? Uh, yeah. Yep. What sort of your like your philosophy? Um, say you're like starting a training cycle. Do you kind of start heavier compound movements initially, and then kind of go down to like the fine tuning movements, like the closer you get? Or you know, I just train the same all, as all around. Like maybe I just back off the weight at the end a little bit so I don't get hurt. But my training, if I'm doing certain X compound movements, um, then I usually try and keep those th- through my, sh- through my prep the whole entire time when I'm training. Yeah. I've found, <clears throat> I feel like, uh, I have to relearn my body like every three years, you know, I feel oh, like, yeah. I feel like everything that used to work stops working and then it becomes a process of trying to figure it out again and then st- having to start over right around oh, the yeah. time you finally get it figured out. Um, I hold so much, no matter how much water I'm consuming, I hold so much water after like hard workouts right? and for like days, like I'll like, I'll train legs mm-hmm. and my legs will just be like full, like edema <laughs> for like three days. And I'm like, what's happening? I oh, don't man. know what's going on with my body that causes that, but it sucks, man. It sucks. I'm glad that I am able to just kind of casually enjoy it now right. and just kind of pursue it in like a, an aspect where I'm like, I just don't want to look bad. You know, like mm-hmm. I just want to look not like a, a piece of shit, but I would torture myself over those thoughts for, <laughs> for so long. Uh, you need to start like push up contest backstage before you guys go out. Dude. One time, <laughs> one time shout out Austin Ingalls, shout my boy, my sweet little boy, Austin Ingalls. One time we were, uh, a really shitty open mic and <laughs> and i think somebody was like hey you guys should do push-ups and uh we did we did push-ups um i won handedly oh you didn't have you didn't have not even close he wouldn't have even been close <laughs> and i remember getting up from that and i'm like this is the least cool i've ever felt in my entire <laughs> life dude i can't talk about fitness i can't like you just can't dude like it's it's this weird bizarro world where being physically fits became like the least cool thing (laughs) right because it shows that you're trying at anything else other than comedy and people are like you fucking nerd (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, that's like, that's just what it is to be human. It's to just, you see somebody doing anything and putting effort into anything other than what you're doing. Right. It makes you feel bad initially. And then you project that out by being like, what a fucking loser. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. That's the, for sure, man. It's, it's that crab in a bucket mentality. It's kind of like, you know, like you said, it, it not, you're not just writing jokes and you see you have time for something else and you're like, oh, look at fucking Clark Kent over here, fucking Superman. They want to just like point at that. And sometimes because I know because I get all these weird comments all the fucking time. And it's it's weird how sometimes, you know, uh, your physical presence makes people feel feel weird about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even at my even at my most out of shape. um, just having like a training background, I have broad shoulders. I have, you know, I have like a big chest and stuff. I have to, con- I have to be conscious of what I wear on stage. I have to be conscious about the way that I'm looking on stage, detracting from right. me just trying to be like funny and goofy. Oh, I'll wear like crew neck sweaters and oversized sweaters or jackets or things like that because nobody wants to see like an in shape Jack comedian. We were talking about Matt Rife in the car ride. <laughs> right. And I'm like, Fuck that guy, dude. <laughs> Fuck handsome comics, man. Like, why? God God granted you all the gifts that you needed to have all the doors open to you in life. All you had to do. <laughs> I have to be funny, bro. I, I have to be funny, right. dude. You know? And normally, normally by being like, a halfway decent looking dude and being funny like that, that awards me the opportunities. I worked so hard on my personality. There are so many things I had to learn to do being an average looking dude. I had to learn how to eat pussy. I had to learn how to be funny. I had to develop a personality and banter and all this shit. You didn't have to do any of that. And you're stepping into this arena and trying to be charming and funny. Fuck yourself, dude. Matt Rife, if you listen to this podcast, you're a fucking piece of shit. Dude, dude, that brings me you saying that like you having to learn how to eat pussy or whatever it is, man. That reminds me that some of my worst sexual experiences were with the hottest fitness chicks. Oh, 100%. Oh, bro. And it's it's this thing where it's like they're so hot. So they get these like beta ass dudes that just like come in like three pumps because they're just so astonished by their fucking body. And it's like they don't ever have to learn how to like satisfy or like have this like you know sex is like two people you know what i mean and it's like whenever you're just dealing with these guys that are just so intrigued by your looks and just get off on just the the simplest basis of that like when it comes to them like returning the favor and having like good sex like it's my my top like my top couple worst experiences were fitness people and it's 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 a very shake my head moment i have to be careful how i say this I think like 45% of the listeners of this podcast are women. Um, they listen to this podcast, so I can only imagine they're really dumb women. But uh, So I, I, have to, I have to be careful how I phrase this. I think, in my opinion, mm-hmm. the ideal woman is, is beautiful, but has something kind of fucked up about her. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, her her boobs are saggy because she had kids. Uh, right. She oh. has her foreheads uh, half an inch too wide. Oh, yeah. S- something. There has to be something that keeps them just shy of perfection because then they'll, it's the best. Of, then they'll try. 
they've like they've stared at themselves in mirrors for hours and they're like, I hate this about myself. And it's something that is completely inconsequential to you that you don't notice at all. But they have to have that. Oh, they yeah. can't know that they're so hot. That, that's that, that's why I date like in the thirty five to forty two range. Exactly, I've always dated older because <laughs> it has to exist. It, yeah, because because they're you know their their first guy was like an asshole, so they'll they'll put up with you doing little shit. You know what I mean? It's it's a little it's a little rough. You take out the trash, you're doing a good job. Exactly, exactly. And then yeah, then become then being just like a dude with a personality becomes like an endearing factor again. <laughs> right, right. It actually it actually matters, not just you know. The going for that being us being left off in that. If I can get past like the initial, if I can like get past the initial date, the initial interaction, like, dude, I know that fucking Skyler isn't going to compete (laughs) against me conversationally. You know what I mean? He talked to you about fucking (laughs) cryptocurrency for fucking what? Like you, you listen to Bitcoin and you need a mop for your pussy now? Absolutely not. 100, 100% not. You want to kill yourself. And that's where, that's where I come in. That's where guys like us get the W's. It's important to know your role in life is what I'm getting at folks. Know your strengths, (laughs) exploit them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. You have a, such quality Facebook content, dude. Some of your hot takes, I'll oh. sit, I'll sit back and just be like, hell yeah. <laughs> I think I've reshared so many of your memes and so many of your status updates. Cause I'm just like, God damn it. Oh man. You know, I just, I, I really get expressful on there and I've, I've always just been kind of a rambler. I've kind of calmed down a little bit recently, but there, there's, there's definitely some gold in there. I have to ask, have you ever thought about doing comedy? Have you ever had the, the itch or the desire to do it? Oh God, I'm just, I'm just another guy with a camera phone here. Just making jokes. No, (laughs) you know, so what I would want to be is I'd want to host a comedy night. Okay. You know, I just want to throw a few jokes in there, tell a few stories. We can make that happen. You know, I I just, I just want to host it and kind of, you know, give someone a kick in the balls before they kind of go on stage in that sort of sense and kind of just leave it to them. I, I I think I'd be a good host as far as being comedy. So I, I love movies. I've seen so many fucking movies, and I told myself I would be, I would like to try writing a movie. Okay. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to be the actor. I'd want to write it. Like, I don't want to be a comedian. I just, maybe I just like, you know, host it, maybe help write some content, be like the creative process. That's, yeah, that's like a, that's like a dream job for me too. Me and my boy were just having this conversation. I think just creatives in general, when you have any sort of creative ambition, I just think it'd be fun. I consume right. so many movies, so yeah, I'm in the same way as you. Where I'm like, oh man, I bet I could, I bet I could write a movie. Right, right. Because like we're at the point now when we watch like movies or a show. I don't know if you're like this, but like my girlfriend always makes comments about it. But like I'm very good at picking that what happens at the end or through the series or you know the little. Uh, you know, you know. Sometimes they introduce a character and they let the camera focus on that character and like fade, like for the last like two, three seconds. And I'm like, oh, that's him. He's gonna, he's gonna be involved with something like, in, yeah, in, foreshadowing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I, I, I catch on to like all that sort of stuff. And so I feel like uh, I, I started writing a script in my mind about a drug dealer that dates a girl who's a cop and her dad is a governor. Okay. So, okay. You know, do you have, you have the actors in your mind? Have you already thought about it? You know, uh, 
it's going to be almost a autobiography with a power twist. Okay. You know, so I don't have any actors in it. But. So Dwayne the Rock Johnson to play you. <laughs> so we got we got the rock. Right, we got the rock in there. There's gonna be some explosions. <laughs> as as a buff bald dude, you can only go one of two ways. And since and since you're darker, it has to be the rock. Otherwise oh. it has to be I, Vin Diesel isn't even big anymore. No, man. he's not. He's not, bro. It used to be Vin Diesel. I, yeah, it's. Do you know how much I cheer on bald actors in my <laughs> mind? I'm like, hell yeah, dude! Take this guy straight to the top. Let's Seriously. let's get shaved heads into the cultural zeitgeist. <laughs> we need we need a resurgence, man. <laughs> They're like superheroes to me. Jason Statham can do no wrong. Oh in my yeah, eyes. no, for sure. He's he is the he's the moniker in a sense of, of that type of thing. Like that's like what he's like known for he he makes it and, and the ladies love him you know what i'm saying love him and you know that's the one thing about dating older women since we kind of did offend you earlier but you, you like my bald head yeah you, you know you don't, yeah, you, don't they, you don't care about that they don't care about that shit anymore they absolutely even, not. they even like rub my head and stuff you know when it's i had the, hair i didn't get my head rubbed as much dude i like i shaved my head on that deployment like i'd been like the crown of my head would like start thinning it would come back start and so i'm like whatever i'm just gonna do it and, uh, like everyone's like, Oh dude, it's so much better. Like without it. And I've gotten more compliments on my beard than I've ever gotten on my hair when I had hair ever. Like, oh, for sure. I had a, I had a kid walk across the entire gym the other day. Like it wasn't like he was next to me working out. Right. Like he stopped what he was doing to approach me earbuds in stand there awkwardly while I finished <laughs> up my set until I took an AirPod out. And I'm like, yeah, just so he could be like, how do I grow a beard like that? I'm like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing right oh, now, man. bro? That's so funny. Dude. So I, I get the beard compliment, uh, you know, and then, and then I get like usually a reference towards like, uh, C.T. Fletcher or Sergio Olivo Jr. Okay, yeah, so, for sure. So you know, I C.T. Fletcher's a little bit older, and he's a different personality. I can see the look. I get it. He's got big fucking arms and he curls. So I, I, you know, that was like his thing. He was a curl champion. Um, but you know, it's like me and Sergio. We, God, damn, I, I, I posted a fucking. Uh, thing and like eight people were like, "Yo, that's Sergio." Like, "Yo, you're Sergio's twin." Yo, you guys are the same family. Yo, you guys kind of look alike. It was everyone was fucking trolling me how much I look like Sergio. It was hilarious. So when I uh, when I was trying to bodybuild, uh, I remember my coach would always be like, he'd say that what he would see a lot is some people are predisposed towards trunk growth or limb growth. Do you feel like that's the case? You have big arms. I have to like, my arms have never averaged like average people, you know, people that like come up to me or like, if I'm with a girl, she'd be like, I love your arms. And I've like since grown out of being like, actually my arms are giant sacks of shit. Like I have, <laughs> I have horrible arms. Like obviously you know nothing about, do you feel like that's the case? Did you have an easier time growing limbs or? Yeah. Yeah. My, my waist just tends to stay small because I don't, I don't force feed. Um, I'm not, I'm not just, I definitely eat a lot of food, but I'm not force feeding. And like, dude, it was the craziest thing. When I first got into competing, one of the guys was like, you're on steroids. He's like, I fucking know it. And this is literally like my first time lifting hard since 
after college baseball because you know you play baseball sports in general bodybuilding and sports are, are definitely different body goals so once i was like done i was like hey man i'm really trying to try and get big and dude like my first like i did like a 12 week program and my arm grew like two and a quarter inches it just fucking like just insane growth like your first time starting a program you know what i mean and it's like that was just me just genetics out the gate just was able to grow and i felt like playing sports not that it was holding me back because I, I like I love baseball and shit, but it was just holding back my body from the the muscular growth I was able to actually produce. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I it doesn't help that I just hate. I get so bored trading arms too. That doesn't help. I hate doing bicep movements like they aren't fun to me. Or yeah, they're not as fun as compound movements. No, I love compound movements. Uh, but also that being said, the fact that my arms haven't caught up with like my chest development or probably the reasons I have so many issues, in my elbows, you know, like <laughs> somebody, I remember somebody was, uh, somebody said it's a quote somewhere. They're like, I've never seen somebody with small arms have a big bench press, you know? Right. Right. And at like my peak, I was benching three, three fifty, <clears throat> and I have arms that probably shouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> And now, I, now, like, if I'm going hard at it for, like, a while, my elbows will, like, start hurting, like, right, right. maybe five or six weeks in, and then everything starts falling backwards. So if I were to take the time to, <laughs> if I were to take the time to try developing it, it would probably be something else entirely, but I hate it so much. I hate it. And once you take the incentive out, like, once it was easy for me to train towards a, a goal, when I, uh, it was easy for me to train towards a goal when I was interested in powerlifting or I was interested in bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. And then once you take that away and you're oh, just like, yeah. I just get to do the things I want to anymore. Right. And then you start noticing all the things that you never wanted to do. <laughs> you start noticing all the stuff that you're like, Oh, like now that there, now that there's no requirement to do this anymore, you're right. just free. And you realize what a lazy piece of shit you actually are <laughs> you're just like oh god <laughs> no man that's the uh you know man when i first got into the gym and realizing that you know post-college baseball i still needed some sort of uh some sort of goal and i really just and the thing is growing up well a uh, little bit more about me my dad played professional football uh for 10 years he played for the uh, Steelers, Dolphins, Ravens, Jets, 90 through 2000. And then on top of that, uh, I have a little brother. He plays pro baseball. He plays in the Nationals organization. Um, his name is Elijah Green, if you guys are any baseball fans out there. But uh, but growing up, man, it was like my parents were about discipline and, you know, making us clean and do all that shit. And, you know, our parent generation were, a lot, were tougher than this current generation. But it was always that, and it was always uh, – physical training so it was like you know growing up it was like weird because like my we would be in trouble we'd be grounded and then but we'd make sure that our dad would train us and he'd like kick our ass in the gym and so obviously you know doing that growing up it just like instills like a sort of kind of discipline and then so when i got post-college i was like oh man i can like lift for fun and like not worry about getting too big for baseball i'm like it really is just stuck with me man like you know whether i'm like smoking a ton of weed and not making many fitness posts or I'm making a ton of fitness posts. Like 
I'm always in the gym four days a week, four or five days a week, no matter what. And I, that's the, the one thing about fitness is sometimes people, not that you did it for the wrong reason necessarily, but sometimes you're, you're doing it for the wrong reason in general. Yeah. And it, it's, it's such an intense lifestyle, man. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've discussed it on the podcast, um, before on like a few episodes, but my parents weren't disciplinarian when it came to like fitness, you right. know, I think they probably, uh, subconsciously, uh, assess their own genetic potential and they're like, <laughs> well, this kid's not going to be in the NBA. So it's just, they wanted me to be smart. You know, they mm-hmm. wanted me to like pay attention to school, but I moved so much when I was a kid, I moved around so much. I was always a new kid. Eventually I, be, you know, I got chubby, you know, I got mm-hmm. lazy. I was like an indoor kid. Right. And when I was probably like 15 or 16, um, my cousin got super into fitness. My cousin was fatter than I was. He's older than me, uh, got in really good shape. And I saw all the people kind of from the outside that seemed like their lives were going better than mine or having more fun. And they were all right. like athletes and things like that. And I became obsessed, you know, I'm like, right. I just need to start spending all the time. So when I went to basic and AIT, I would get mate, like I would get laughed at for working out so much in basic training, like other people that were in basic training, like we'd get back to the barracks at night and I'd grab like my vest or whatever I would do dips on the bunks. I'd right. wait for my laundry bag to fill up to do like curls. I do push-ups. I oh, do. Yeah. And people would be like, this kid's trying so hard. What a fucking loser. But I just wanted to look good like i right. was for the first like I, I knew it was going to change my life and the trajectory of my life i just knew it and i had phenomenal pt scores out of basic training and by the time i went to ait i had the highest pt scores of my entire ba- like my entire company oh nice and i got home and one of my buddies had started doing natural bodybuilding competitions yep and i didn't know anyone that was doing that at the time i'm like okay that's what i'm going to do and that's when I probably started developing a toxic relationship with it. Pretty, pretty young, you know? Um, How old were you at that point? Like what? 20, 18. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and, uh, and yeah, I, f- I fell in love with it, but yeah, my, I mean, my heart was definitely in the wrong place. Cause it was never, it was never about me. It was about me feeling accepted into part of something right. and part of some sort of fraternal brotherhood or community. Right. And in that community, I was going to find safety and I was going to find purpose. You right. know, it was important for me to have some purpose. Right. I was just like a lost, confused kid, man. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't apply to colleges when I was in high, right. outside of high school. I had wasted so much potential, wasted so much time. I had so many lazy traits about me that I just needed something that was going to push me in any direction. And, you know, I had the discipline to do 70% of bodybuilding, right. you know, like right. I no, didn't have sure. the discipline to do like the remaining 30%. I, uh, I had a coach for, you know, two years. We trained together every single day, um, he competed in nationals, you know, numerous times we became like brothers. I can only imagine how frustrated this, like in hindsight, how frustrated this dude was in me. (laughs) I don't know if he let me off the hook because I was so young, but he put so much time and effort into me. Oh yeah. I'd get big, you know, I got up to like 220, Mm -hmm. you know, anyone that would see me out would be like, Oh wow, you look great. But I can never 
diet hard enough or be disciplined enough to get show ready. That's, you know, that's where the crazy comes in a little bit. I would always, <laughs> I'd always get, you know, 10 or eight weeks out and they'd be like, yeah, you aren't on track. You know, this isn't right. And the, it would start over again. Um, and I, I mean, I look back now with like a, a lot of regret about it because it's this chapter of my life that I didn't see through to completion. Right. And then that became a recurring theme my entire twenties, dude. You oh, know, sure. I would, I would, hyper fixate on things and almost see them to the finish line. And then I just be like, yeah, you know, whatever. And when I got into powerlifting, I really thought I'm like, this is it. I, you know, I competed at like a YMCA meet, you know, I, in a really short time, uh, training with my coach made some pretty big leaps and bounds. I think I have the highest bench at that meet, uh, in the 198 class, and yeah. one other dude did bench only and he was 275 and he like out benched me by like 45 pounds or something, you right. know? So it's only so much for being so big. And, uh, I'm like, it just felt better doing that. You know, I'm right. like, Oh, I can do this. Moved to Bloomington. My entire life changed, went through breakups, was broke, you know? Um, and then the pandemic happened, the gym shut down. I'm like, fuck <laughs> i'm like what the fuck am i supposed to do now dude? Oh, dude and then i felt super lost and that's kind of what pushed me into comedy but yeah when i now that i kind of have like the know-how and like the wisdom of of my age to right. reflect back on those moments i'm like yeah dude i don't really know if getting shredded and big and lathering myself in baby oil was like what was going to make me happy. But I thought for sure it was going to be the thing that made like people accept me. I thought for sure it was going to be where my value existed as a person. Right. And it was going to be the same thing with powerlifting. You know, I don't know if lifting a bunch of weight was ever going to be what made me happy, but it was, it seemed like it was the only thing I knew how to do right. at that time. And so I thought it was going to be, what was what was gonna like grant happiness to me yeah and you know the thing is bro about the fitness community and like just fucking finishing a workout sometimes and just being just like executing it having a good ass lift like you feel fucking heroic psychedelic profit like you know what i'm saying like it's an amazing feeling and then whenever you get with people in that community that are willing to go to the same level of crazy you are to kind of get that that same like all for the pump and just for like the love of it and you know there's really no money in it before you turn pro so that's really where you get the community aspect of it because you know so many things you know happen in life in a bodybuilding show um and so it's like that's definitely where i think people get from it and they feel that positivity and that support and it's like but you know, that doesn't, like you said, doing a show doesn't fix the problem. So then once they stop doing the show, they stop hanging around. So it becomes this very like, you know, now you see me, now you don't. And it's like, you know, that's where people like fall out of fitness because they're like, oh man, I did so much and I had so much over here, but like, it doesn't always correlate to other parts of my life. And so sometimes I just think you have to just like accept it. Like, yo man, this is a gym. I fucking love it. I'm going to do this. These are my goals. They don't have to be very, uh, crazy goals necessarily but as long as you're hitting it 
and doing that, then like, boom, check the box and move on. The rest you get out of that is like extra shit. And so sometimes I think, cause what happens is, you know, especially as we were getting started in the sport years ago, there was a sponsorship, there was the, the clout and notoriety that comes along with it. And so when you say like your value, like there's other things that were like, you were expecting to kind of get from that. Like, Hey, maybe, maybe I can get a sponsorship doing this. Maybe I, it'll open up for this opportunities. And so when people realize like, Hey, they're like, there's a thousand and one motherfuckers waiting for that same opportunity. And, you know, and so how fitness kind of gets flooded with the coaches, with the competitors, with all this kind of stuff. Um, and it's definitely a very interesting interest, interesting industry. Cause there is some fucking crazy mofos, <laughs> but there's something that's like, there's something that's really comforting and pure about strength sports. Um, when you look at like, when you break down the analysis of a dream, right? People dream to be actors or artists or mm -hmm. musicians or comedians. When you, when you look at strength sports, it's, it's super formulaic. Mm -hmm. It's super specific to you. Right. You have to figure out your own physiology. You have to figure out the things that work for you, but it's still like, it's still always kind of made sense to me. You right. know, there wasn't a whole lot of nuance to it. You knew that you had to work. You, you know, you, you figured out the way or the capacity that you had to work your work capacity and what mm -hmm. works best for your body. But it was like, it was comforting that it was just like, if I, if I do X and Y, like I'm going to get this result. Right. <clears throat> when you look at like, when you look at, other creative pursuits, they don't have like that sort of security because all these weird intangibles start right. existing in it. You right. know, no, for you, sure. You start delving into the human mind. I mean, I imagine actors are like, how can I act to make somebody feel a certain way? You kind of lose out on that purity because it starts getting um, clogged with all the, all the other things that are like imperceptible. I right. can't, I can't handpick who's going to be in an audience, you know, mm -hmm. on a, on a certain day. Like it's, it's always going to be like a range, I guess. I mean, bodybuilding still becomes subjective at that point. Right. You're still going to be taking what you worked for and putting in front of judges with their own subjective opinions. Um, so you kind of get, you get those intangibles there. Right. Maybe powerlifting is the only like true, pure sort of like, hey, this is yeah. this is always what it is. But even then, I guess factors come in. The hard part of it is knowing that like there's a there's a, li a upper limit at some point. You know, right. if you do everything, most people will never ever ever hit it. You know, right? But if you do everything right, there is just like this is as good as it's gonna get. Um, yeah, man. I what. What made you fall in love with it? Do you think? Just the, just the challenge, man. I, th I think one year I had a hashtag and it was like challenge yourself, and you know, of course you did. Yeah, fucking nerd. Yeah, fucking <laughs> motivational bitch. Like what? Uh, <laughs> but hashtag going to war, yeah. right? Yeah, no. It, it, but it was just about the challenge and like. Uh, and like me just being like, quite frankly, just being like addicted to being like big, yeah. you know what I mean? Like and just putting on muscle and like, that's like a cool goal for me that hasn't really, it kind of, it doesn't really 
have an end to it, you know, and that kind of thing. Once you start from your twenties, you're kind of just growing muscle until you're damn near 40. So it's like one of those things where just with competing, I just like, damn, like it started with like magazines and little shit. And then, uh, you know, it just kind of grew into this thing where I'm like, well, fuck, this is kind of like what I want to do. And it was like, I had a lot of success in it quite early compared to like playing baseball. So I was like, Hey man, I was, I was playing baseball all my life. Here I am one year in a bodybuilding and people were talking to me about sponsorships and stuff. So it was like, that's where I kind of was like, Oh, you know, you know, that's kind of where I saw like the value and things and just the overall goal of it. And it's like, you can make a, a lifestyle out of it. Uh, you know, with, with like the merch and stuff like that, you've seen me do. So it just kind of let me like tap into that creative side and like, you know, just have fun with it, man. So when you write your jokes, what's when you're writing, what are you doing? Are you, are you clearing your desk and you have like some weed there and you're chilling? Is there like fucking key and peel going in the background? Are you like tanning your asshole in the sun? Or is it like when you're scratching your balls and you're like, yo, I got to find a notepad. What's your, I haven't tried, uh, I haven't tried perennial sunning yet. That might be, that might be the ticket actually. I, yeah. I, I was next excited. time, next time I go have a little like bow to writer's block, I'll make sure to expose my, asshole of the sun just tag me when the post please yep definitely <laughs> um no dude inspiration just hits at like the most random bullshit moments and there's like there's for me there seems to be no formula to when those moments happen a lot of them happen when i'm in the shower like i have shower thoughts turn into funny comedy thoughts a lot right so i get a lot of writing done like in the shower uh or in long drives which is right. i think i've always loved driving you know i, I used to travel for work uh, you know, I would date girls that lived, you know, like an hour, hour and a half away from me. Anything for the kitty. I just loved, I just love drives, dude. They just right. like pacify me. They calm me down. Um, so that helps a lot. But when, a, when an idea hits, it just hits. I know people that are very concise with their writing. They have a writing regimen. They schedule X amount of time throughout their day to sit right. down and try doing some writing. I know my brain well enough to know that I just can't force those moments. Right. Inspiration has to come organically. And I'm fortunate enough that normally it, it does. Right. Um, but, and if it doesn't, then I just try not, I used to sweat it a lot. I used to be like, oh, it's been three days and I haven't right. wrote a bit or I haven't worked on a bit at all. I'm like, I guess I'm done. And I still like, I don't think the f fear of uh the last funny thing i wrote being the last funny thing i write will ever disappear <laughs> every single time i write a joke um i'll be like yes you know i'll try it out you know it'll work and then instantly i'll be like up here i'll be like super elated and then a voice will creep into my head every single time. And it's like, what if that's the last funny thing you do, man? Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it sucks, man. It's the worst. And I, I talk to other comics, and I think that's just part of the process. They right. all seem to have that. But, yeah, so I don't, I don't have a strict writing process. I keep things kind of loose and natural and organic. I let inspiration come truthfully in my life. Nice. Uh Dude, I, I kind of do that with, uh, you know, I just, I'm, I'm really, it's going to sound bad, but I'm like, it's in a joking way. I'm like really good at like gaslighting just shit from my, what my, my girlfriend says. And yeah, like, that's me too. Not in a joking way. Ask, <laughs> ask any of them. <laughs> They're listening right now. <laughs> 
And so that's kind of when you say how you kind of take those frag that seed of truth and you can just keep revolving it. And that's kind of a, that's just funny. I'm, I'm trying to take notes. So whenever like I host your show that I can actually like be a good host. Yeah, dude. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we can get you set up with hosting. I think that dude, they're one of my favorite concepts that like I've been seeing a lot lately, especially in like Seattle and stuff mm-hmm. is they'll do like, cannabis theme shows i see a lot of it happening in chicago right now yep. i see it in seattle and uh i hate i'm like a comedy purist you know i like i just like stand-up comedy right like i don't like like if you bring a ventriloquist like a ventriloquist dummy on stage in my opinion kill yourself you right, know like right, right. i just want strong jokes dude right. that's what i love i don't care about any of the other razzle dazzle i right. just want jokes but that being said, I do love when people take sh- shows and they ma- like they add something else to it, like another right. element. Oh yeah. And I've been seeing a lot of shows lately where like the entire gimmick is like they'll give a comic five or ten minutes up front. That comic will go and get super stoned, and then they'll <laughs> go and do an- try doing another ten minutes. Oh man, that's awesome. And I'm like. That sounds hilarious. Like that sounds like something. If I was just a fan of comedy and like was looking for something to do, that seems like something super marketable that I would be oh, yeah. wanting to watch. I love seeing people do stuff like that. That's super cool to me, dude. That's just that this whole that whole topic of cannabis and lifestyle. Like there needs to be a cannabis gym. There is some cannabis yoga stuff. Cannabis yoga or. Uh, Cannabis uh, and food eateries, uh, or, or you know, tasty meals, and then cannabis and comedy, like and and, uh, and also cannabis and, and music, like those things is like what I'm really excited about in the future. If we can get over this kind of legalization hump, that's like where I think that'll be more opportunity and, and really just like some cool things for the people. Yeah, I uh, I am like a big nostalgia guy. And I always thought it would be super cool to those places that are able to get licenses where like they can sell weed and yeah. you can like smoke, right. you know, like a cigar lounge. I thought it would be super fucking cool to have uh, like a dispensary or a place like that, like a, but almost like a blockbuster right. where you could like go there, you could like rent videos or you could like rent old game consoles and you could have oh, like chill yeah. rooms where you could just like, I love nostalgia, dude. Anything. Anytime anybody feeds me anything nostalgic, like with that 90s feel to it, I'm like, yes, music, movie, yeah. old video games. I'm like, fuck, yes, this is cool. Dude, there's just so much quality came from that and and definitely, you know, nostalgic about it. But uh, the quality of actors and writers we had, it was just really just a bottleneck of stuff. And I think that's what really made the movie quality and shit so good back then versus now it's like. You know, it's nice that Netflix and Prime give are giving other platforms and other things, but definitely the quality of things have went down. So we're definitely losing that that thing where it's like, 
you know, in the nineties, like, did you see Independence Day? Like, who didn't fucking yeah, see dude. that? <laughs> like, what? That's a yeah. I've watched Independence Day seventy three times. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, and, and now it's like, you know, I'm like, hey, have you seen this movie? And they're like, oh, well, is it on Prime? Is it on Amazon? And we can't, even, dude. We can't even enjoy movies the way we used to. Right. And that's like, I'm a fan of movies. Right. And I still consciously have to be like, hey, don't check your phone during this. Right. Don't scroll on Facebook. There right. have been so many times where I'm like watching a movie that I'm like pretty excited about. And I'm like, I just need to check something real quick. And then 20 minutes pass. I'm like, fuck. You missed the like, <laughs> I maybe it's maybe it's because I look at it through the lens of like being a kid in that time, and right. it was the purest point in my life. Right. Uh, and then maybe because I'm looking at it through the lens of like that was the last time that we weren't like bastardized by super convenient technology. Right. But I just look at the 90s as like, I mean, some shitty music came out of there from like the grunge <laughs> like but also like 93 to infinity wu-tang tribe called quest like i mean great hip-hop came from there michael jordan ronnie coleman white people were doing some questionable shit but black <laughs> people were doing some really cool shit in the 90s um <laughs> i don't i don't know if i agree with all the flannels and stuff but there was also some but i just look at the 90s and i'm just like damn dude that was such just like a pure time in like our history right it was just i just can't look back and view it as anything other than simple and i'm just like i wish that i was at a more advanced point in my life like i wish that i was like a teenager or a young adult to like be able to truly appreciate like the content that's right. coming out of there no because it'll just it'll never happen again it's gone yeah no no never again <laughs> the best case scenario is at some point in time uh, they put my like brain into an artificial intelligence like robot. <laughs> like they put my brain into a robot exoskeleton, and they just pump it up full of dopamine, and they allow me to select the '90s simulation on the computer screen, and I can just pretend I'm there, like it's the fucking Matrix. You yeah. know, like that's the. You're, you're gonna watch Good Burger and Nickelodeon all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If if it truly if it truly was. Uh, like the matrix and the machines needed us to be like at our happiest and most complacent to like turn us into batteries. Like my character in the matrix would just be watching good. Burger all day. <laughs> I'm so happy for the second good burger, bro. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I watched good burger like a week. I think when the news of good burger two came out, I watched it again like a week ago, dude. Mondo burger is fucking horse shit, bro. So good burger is dude. I watched that movie and cause it came out when we were kids. Yeah, or like in uh what like probably for me it was middle school. I'm 34, so I think it was like middle school. It came out maybe even around that time. But then the Good Burger movie. I remember watching that in high school, and then now it's on Pluto TV. If you have that app, it comes on like a couple times a month. It'll come on there, and I fucking watch it. Yeah, dude, it's good. When I'm at like my lowest, when I'm at my lowest spots in life, where I'm sad or like upset or depressed about anything, dude, like just consuming some content from the nineties just like snaps me out of it. Oh, for sure. It's just like, it's just like, it's relaxing, dude. Yeah, man. There's so like, there's too many distractions in life and you like, I can say that and I can recognize it and I can understand it and I can even understand how, like the things I would have to do to fix it. Right. But you just don't, you just yeah. can't dude. You see somebody with a flip phone now and you're like, that person sells crap. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy that that guy just opened up his fucking phone. Like who right. does that? Right. 
dude, it's just, it's crazy with technology and kind of some of these like mandatory things it's like throwing on people. It's like, you know, at one point in time, you can get away with not having a cell phone. And now it's like, if your cell phone doesn't have like apps that cost money on it. And then now it's like, you know, just little entertainment things like Netflix and all this different stuff. Not only is it a phone, but there's so many other components to that phone. Yeah, dude, I was hanging out with my dad the other day and he almost forgot his phone. You know, we were like, we were going on a trip. Uh, We were going to see my grandpa and he almost forgot his phone. He's like, oh, I better go grab it. He's like, you have a phone, so I would have been fine. But I'm like, that's the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever heard, man. Right. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. How are you going to watch your porn, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like phones are so convenient now that when I open up a laptop to watch porn, I feel like a pervert. I'm like, I'm preparing. Like, I'm I'm prepping to watch porn right now, dude. I'd say. <laughs> Four K is nice though. <laughs> I'll go through like I'll go through like periods of time where I'm like, if I'm extra bored, if my brain gets extra bored, the porn searches start getting weirder, and then you have those guilty jerk offs where like afterwards you're like laying there and you're just like, what am I doing? I, I need Jesus in, in my life. I need Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm like where. <laughs> Oh my god! Is that usually after your your BBW month, where you're just <laughs> BBW month? What month would that be? What's the fattest November? Maybe oh yeah, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm trying to think the the fattest month we have of the year. And I I love BBW. I just I don't know if that's if that's your liking. You know, sometimes periodically, periodically, uh, it does. But then I I also like I circle back to I'm like what am I you know. <laughs> What am I doing? Because like, here's the, here's the thing about that. Here's what people are scared to speak about. Okay. I, I care, I care so much about what people think that I, if I'm bringing a girl around my friends, she like, she has to be a showstopper, you know? Yeah. I need that. I need that like high five moment. Oh man. Um, and if she's not, and she's around my friends, it's cause like, I've been guilted into them being around them, you know, and I couldn't say no. And when they're gone, I have to be like, I'm just going through some things. guys. I just, I'm just working some things out. Don't, as long as you're happy, bro. don't let this affect. I can't bring a BBW around my boys. I'd never hear the end of it. I do stand up comedy. The jokes would be nonstop. They would be, they'd be getting me at all angles, dude. They'd be such well thought out, concise punchlines. I would never recover from it. You know, just being the bodybuilding, I, I definitely get those girls that, you know, because they, they, they want me to pick them up. Dude, if I... They want to get thrown around. Um, I, I'm, uh, I get so many... I've been off dating apps for, for a, a while now. I had to go like cold turkey on them. Like, I spent so much time on them. But I would see the girls that tried matching with me. The, yep. the, the big old girls. Yep. And... It would, I'd be like, damn, dude, is this what I am? I would, like, <laughs> I would, I would look at them trying to, trying to like match me, looking at me and being like, Hey, I'm, I'm attracted to this guy. And I'd be like, it would change my entire perspective of myself. I'd be like, I guess I'm not as cool as I thought I was. <laughs> I'm just like, 
Dude, I just want you, 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 you got to you gotta give love to all of them. I just want the eights and nines that I'm showing love to to also feel like I'm not disgusting for thinking I can match. I worry that I'm that guy in their swipe deck. You know what I mean? Where they're just like, this guy really. But 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 now you're dealing with the the Ferrari issue where you go get an oil change and you got to pay a hundred dollars every time you go. Those those nines and tens are too much maintenance. I don't want them. I don't want them. I just I want to I want to settle down comfortably with um, uh, a a seven a seven point three maybe seven point three that's just sustainable. You know, I want. I want small, small titties because I don't want to have to worry about the droop the older I get, you know? They're great. They're great initially. Like, I can look at some, like, titties at this age, and I'm like, that's awesome. But then my brain's just like, but not sustainable. In a few years, those are going to look terrible. They're going <laughs> to... And then I look at my own bank account, and I'm like, and I'm not going to be able to fix it for you. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just want I just want sustainability. I'm just all about efficiency. And, and that's the thing, though. When you get to the older women, they're going to ask you to fix their roof, and they need money to get things redone. So you got to have money for both. That's the thing. Yeah, dude. I uh, <laughs> I dated this 40 year old for for a while. I'm 29. I turn 30 next month. I dated this 40 year old for a while, probably like half ago, and she was gorgeous, like she looked so much better than like all the 20 year olds that like, you know, the girls in their twenties I was dating at that time. Um, she had borderline personality disorder, but you overlook those things. You know, you try <laughs> looking past them. It is a, you have to be so crazy to overcome my shallowness. Do you know how fucking psychotic you have to be? If you're hot for me to be like, actually it's not worth it. <laughs> You have to, you have to be, dude, like institutionalized level. Like I will overlook so many things. All you have to do is just be manageably psychotic. Oh, dude. I miss her. I should call her. I should. You think she's listening? No. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. Uh, she did listen to the podcast at, at one time. I had moved away from the area. I, you know, I wasn't seeing her anymore. And, uh, Started like started talking, just being like nice to her and friendly with her. I'm like, maybe you know, if I'm back through the area again. And uh, she was. This was like when the podcast was like just getting started. Right. And she listened to a couple episodes, and she's with my friends. With you know what I mean? <laughs> right. With, with friends, with people I enjoy. Right. And she's like. She's like, I knew I should have never have listened. They're able to get parts of you that I could never have. I'm, oh. like, I'm like, God damn it. You're so crazy. You're so odd, so crazy. And it broke her heart. And then she blocked me on everything. Oh, dude, that's the. But you know what's going to happen is you're going to get that apology. You're going to get that unblock. You're going to get the. It's been, it's been, uh, that has. It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's been almost, almost a year now. That's a, like, you can sober yourself off of me at that length of time. There's like a, there's a window of time where I expect to see by somebody to come back during, if they're going to, I think she's past it, dude. She might just be free of me. She's just, um, and good for her, you know, honestly, congratulations her. Um, I do miss it though. I do. Numbers, not in my phone. Can't find her on anything. I'm just, all I have are the memories and all those the one that kind of got away freaky ass videos you know it's it's kind of like like how else are we gonna like 
waste time. That's that's a good way to waste time. I got a nude photo of her um, that was the only one I've ever seen of its kind. And she was in a stand-up tanning bed, and she must have set a self-timer on her phone where the phone was just pointed up towards her vagina. It was an undercarriage from the very bottom up. And, like, dude, honestly, at 29, for you to send me a nude and me to be like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> I was blown away. I was that's blown talent. away. That's skill. I'm just like, I've, that's crazy. I've never thought of anyone doing that before. It wasn't great. It wasn't, you know, like, it wasn't, like, a practical angle. I prefer the close-ups, you know. Some, but uh, I was, like, just from a creativity and ingenuity standpoint, I'm like, this is fantastic. It's crazy your 40-year-old brain can still adapt <laughs> to to the times. And to, to the selfie-taking. <laughs> it was like Steven Spielberg took a nude. Oh, man. <laughs> 90s. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, man, uh, we've talked about everything. Everything. Um, <laughs> Hell, yeah. Uh, where, can, where can the listeners find you? Uh, you guys can find me on social media on Facebook. It's Lamar Bird Jr. and then on Instagram as uh, as well. It is Lamar Bird Jr. It's uh, B Y R D and then Junior and Caw uh, Caw Yeah. Uh, backslash Caw Caw. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where you guys can find me and uh, check out the links there. I got some different merch and stuff for my different clothing, some cannabis stuff, some fitness stuff, uh, any kind of online training. You guys want to get help with or link up with me on, uh, hit me up on there. Hell yeah, man. And, uh, lastly, uh, I asked this for all the guests, uh, any sort of advice, any sort of thoughts, anything that you'd want to leave, uh, with the listener. Uh, I need to find a better way to ask this question. I, it was inspired. It was inspired because, uh, Ryan Sickler would do this with like the honeydew where he'd be like, what would you tell your 16 year old self? I'd be like, Oh, it'd be cool to kind of close with just like some piece of generalized advice, but he's monopolized the go back in time market. So I don't fucking know what to do anymore. <laughs> I don't know how to ask the question. Just, you know, say something provocative, dude. <laughs> I would, uh, smoke weed every day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no man, a uh, piece of advice just, I mean, it's going to be maybe generic is probably what you get, man, but just kind of follow your passion and stay consistent and don't, don't fucking turn your back on that or turn up for anyone. You know, there, there is a, there is a pot of gold at the end or some sort of reward for the, the diligence and hard work. And you just, you know, there's no shortcuts, just stick with it, whether it's you're working in fitness, cannabis industry, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. Um, got to be smart with your time and money, but, um, you know, don't, Stay in one lane, focus on that, and be realistic in, in what you can accomplish with that. Hell yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming on today, dude. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you and talking to you. Oh, yeah, man. It's been a pleasure, bro. Thanks for making the drive. Thanks for getting me on an episode. I'm glad I could uh, finally make it on here. Yeah, man. It's been a long time coming. Glad we got in. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to Slice of Life. We'll see you next time. Peace.